I guess I'm on. <laughs> All right. Hey, y'all, what's going on? Welcome for yet another Friday show. Just give me a little bit of time, as always, you know, where I have to do my, you know, Facebook sharing thing as I do every, every Friday show. So um, just give me a little bit here. And if you're watching, and especially if you're on Facebook, Share this show. Share it with your friends. Hit the share button right now. Like, do it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, hit the share button and, um, you know, spread spread the word. Because today is going to be a really great um, educational show. And, you know, this is a show idea that I, you know, got from my time, you know, hanging out with some different guys. And one of them will be on this show. So, just give me a second, guys. I got to just share this thing on out to a few different groups and, um, you know, get some people joining. And it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting, uh, a, a show today. So just hang on give me another minute or two here. And if you're listening on podcast channels, feel free to, you know, skip ahead, <laughs> skip ahead, like a solid 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And, um, you know, you can catch the actual, actual start of the show. But, you know, uh, this is a live show. I do love the live viewership on it. So I have to um, gin up the conversation by, um, you know, getting people in the chat. Now, I am bringing people in from some groups that I am a part of that, you know, this would be considered new content to them. Uh, They're not exactly you know, my usual places where I share my live streams. So, um, you know, but, you know, this show really covers the concept that people get wrong all the fucking time and we're going to set the record straight. So um, just give me a second here. I just want to share to a couple other groups, get some, some of my international friends in here. So just uh, bear with me. I'm I'm actually spreading this thing a lot further than I normally do. So, yeah, just give me a, be be patient with your boy. Um, let's, oh, 
All right. And we are done with all of the sharing. <laughs> so what's going on, Dwayne? Thanks for joining the show today, bro. Let's see here. Did I get that on my... Huh. All right, I guess uh, <laughs> the one place where I didn't share it was my own page. So I'm going to take care of that real quick. Mm -mm. Sorry, guys. I know this is dead air, not the best. Give me a second. Almost done. How do I add this? Okay. All righty. I think we finished that part of it. All right. What's going on, Nicole? Nicole and Dwayne, what's cracking, y'all? What's cracking? So, you know, today is a show that I promised. <laughs> This is the show that I promised. We're going to talk about, you know, um, the concept of transgender or third gender or the concept of the third gender. Um, essentially, you know, before colonialism and, you know, non-American, non-Christian cultures, um, you know, for whatever reason, there is a there's there's a misconception. There's a you know, I think it flies, flies with a lot of the hoteps, if you guys don't know. Uh, uh, in the black community, those are our resident conspiracy theorists. So, you know, among the conspiracy theorists, people say, you know, well, there's an agenda and this transgender, this transgender thing is new and they just cooked this up and it's not like this is a new thing. We don't have to take in this, this and this. And, you know, what today's show is going to do is really help people understand that the concept of transgender, the concept of the third gender is not brand new at all not new at all okay this is not a new concept <laughs> so um i brought one of my friends on what's up javon uh i brought one of my friends on uh his name is emil it's one of the homies from the uh trans supported brotherhood it is one of the one of the facebook groups out there for you know men who date transgender women to kind of commune with each other and fellowship so I'm going to bring my main man on right now. What's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, Chris? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. It's been a while since I've had a, you know, a new a new a new guy on the show, a new uh, 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 a fellow member of the TSB on the show. So, you know, welcome. It's been a minute though, bro. I, I know was, I haven't been on the Zooms lately. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, my work schedule's been crazy because I work on weekends. So unfortunately, I've been missing out on the on the Zooms. I'm missing mm. all the guys um, and there's familiar faces, but I'm happy you reached out. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, bro, let's just dive right in it. You know, I kind of frame this, letting people know, like, essentially, you know, we're on some uh, we're on some MythBuster shit today. Yeah, you know, because it is a myth. That transgender is a new concept. It's new. I think for a lot of people, it's one of those situations where it's new to you. And when people say it's new, the to you is silent. You know, like, no, it's new to you. It's not new, just to you. Because we've all, a lot of people in America have been raised in a 
Christian oriented world that you know that views the world in in a in a way that's frankly simplistic compared to the way the world really is, especially when it comes to genders. You know, that's why they say dumb things like Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and whatever else. Like oh. it's just dumb stuff. But yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I wanted to um, you know. Uh, since since you're you're the knowledge source here today, I wanted to jump right in, and you know, let's dive into some some different cultures around the world, um, different cultures throughout history that have made space for you know uh, 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 people of the third gender, transgender, non traditional you know individuals in terms of how they express their gender, all that stuff. So okay. Um, we're going to jump right into just some of the African cultures that, you know, okay. kind of see things differently. So, you know, take it, take it away, bro. Okay. So uh, I, I like to make a disclaimer that I am not a scholar. I am not, I don't have a degree in this. I, I really sought out the knowledge because of the relationship that I started and because I was in a relationship with a trans woman. I wanted to, one, understand more about, you know, the background and the history. For some reason, I was called to the history. And I think one of the main reasons why is because you always hear this, like, um, especially amongst, you know, uh, people in the diaspora or Pan-African or even just straight up African um, leaders like Mugabe or whatever of, of certain countries, like, they will say this is a European import you know, this was brought in, like this was a, this was like a brought in from the outside. We didn't have this before. And that was reinforced also by a lot of the evangelical, modern evangelical people going over there and evangelizing, you know, Africans to, you know, with the word of, you know, with the Bible and everything. So, um, so I had to like, for my own sanity, I had to get down to the bottom of it. So I, I scoured the internet for whatever I could find. And I came up on a few gems and um, um, a few gems and, you know, uh, also an individual who, um, who also, I think he has, he had a channel on, a, I don't know if he still updates it, but it's on YouTube. He goes by James Speed, but his, <clears throat> His, uh, his angle was more biblical. So he was trying to actually more um, like identify uh, people of, you know, the third gender within a biblical context where I wasn't so much considered, uh, so much considering that, but just more like a pre-colonial. So before they came with the missionaries and, you know, the, the evangelizing, evang evangelizing people f away from their native religion and their native beliefs to to you know to Christianity or Western Christianity as we know it. So that's wow. kind of the background. So man, and, I didn't know James was a content creator too. But James Speed has uh, he he's yeah man. I found him. <laughs> yeah. I found him on YouTube. So I found what his videos. And we've had his we've had his wife on the show, uh, Michaela. Yeah, yeah, quite a few times. I didn't know that he was a country. He was always a shy guy. Like, oh no, I don't want to be on camera. 
He is and shy. And lo and behold, this fool got his own YouTube channel. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> he, he got I'm about it. to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And he drops knowledge, you know. But like I said, it's more from like a biblical lens. And what well, I was looking channel, for. y'all. Y'all can check it out. I'm just going to showcase this real quick. Okay. So this is it. This is James Speed's channel. Go check it out. They say, there you go. Look, hashtag transattracted, hashtag Bible, hashtag polygyny. So that's his, that's his angle. That's the way he's approaching it. And this is a man that's very well versed in scripture, way better than me. I'm not versed in scripture, but, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. He, everybody has their own angle. I was more looking for like historical evidence, right? Like, yes, sir. like, the the anthropological like studies done and things like that and let me tell you africa was really difficult all i could find was tidbits 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 but nothing because okay for the most part i think most of us can agree it's an oral tradition it wasn't always written and passed down so oral traditions they can die out very fast especially when you um especially when you know western culture is is basically Af africa was colonized all of africa pretty much up down with catholicism protestants whatever like they all came right the priests mm -hmm. the jesuits they all came and they all did their thing and so in that um what i learned that happened with africa along with other um other cultures is that when those Jesuit priests or whoever it may be saw people who didn't fit this binary, you know, they were, they were kind of, um, they were told to either keep those people to the side or like, uh, kind of like, I'm going to take an example and this, this isn't Africa, but I'm using the example because I believe that this happened across the board. Uh, for example, in Hawaii, they had a term for a third gender that was Mahu, right? And that was their term, right? And there's no equivalent to that necessarily. We could try to fit an equivalent. We could say it's trans or we could say it's, you know, I don't know. We, we, we let's just. I guess we would use trans, but essentially, um, it was a male-bodied Mahu was a male-bodied person who showed up in the world as with with this feminine um, aesthetic, and so, and would take on roles, gender roles, which were not typically male. Right. Well, if you if you imagine those people pre-colonial, and then you know, priests and, 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 and Christian, Christian like uh, Puritans coming over and seeing that. And, and then, you know, essentially what I learned is that the people, the, 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 the people of that um, culture would hide those people because they were afraid that these colonizers would, uh, if they saw them, would, you know, act uh, more hostily because, or, you know, because, these people were visible and so they got pushed to the side and kind of never came back out because they got pushed to the side into the shadows and it gets buried right it gets buried with the history this oral history that is usually taught word of through you know through word of mouth is now um hush hush you got to keep it keep it on the down low you can't we can't talk about this because 
some some negative you know something negative can happen to us because they obviously they they picked up on the fact that they either thought these people were immoral or whatever they came with right whatever mm-hmm. argument they came with so they had to push them to the side and so in pushing them to the side they kind of went into the shadows and then there you go you're losing that um that cultural kind of like acknowledgement of more than just this male female dynamic you know mm. and then just this this binary system is reinforced by the church reinforced by these these um these religious people you know because mm-hmm. that's that's what they that's what they want to impose you know like very rigid and that's what they did with africa too and africa had an oral history so um i found some really cool quotes um oh yeah did you want the one with a bunch of quotes or the the, the smaller well, one? L- let me let me read you one, and this one is um, in reference to um, so Luanda, which is modern day Angola, and the Portuguese are uh, colonized Angola, so they speak Portuguese today, along with whatever native uh, whatever um, native African language. But so one thing I learned is that in in reading these excerpts which were usually either made by priests who were observing the tribes or the people or anthropologists you have to realize that when they're writing notes about what they see they're doing it from their own lens so it can actually be a negative view but you have to read through you know you have to like see through that and see okay this is evidence and so i um i picked up in in angola there is the term chibados chibados and uh it's it said uh luanda modern day angola there's evidence to show acceptance of third gender natives the chibados and then in quote here this is the quote of this uh uh i think a jesuit priest um or explorer he says they're extremely great quote extremely great fetishizers who went around dressed as women and and they by great offense called themselves men uh they had husbands like other women and in the sin of sodomy they are just like devils okay v- oh, wow. and th- this is the quote of a guy named viegas v-i-e-g-a-s in 1930. so this was in, wow. in yeah so you know you could obviously see that this person is viewing them as lesser than like not even human like like you know mm-hmm. almost like a spectacle right but in his negative you know in testimony of of you know what he's writing you see that he's describing that they went around dressed as women and they by great offense called themselves um men they had husbands like other women and um um another one referring to the shibados by a jesuit uh jao dos santos 1625 this is 1625 uh quote attired like women and behave themselves womanly ashamed to be called men are also married to men and esteem that unnatural damnation an honor so you Mm. see uh uh he says uh and they esteem that unnatural damnation and honor so he's saying that these people are are, are are like hold themselves at high esteem but he's seeing it as like 
a damnation. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so wait, that, did the other people like? I mean, in society as a whole, in that culture, like they they were were they held in high esteem as well, or was it just? Well, this is the thing: is that I'm going off of these quotations from historical mm. context, but we don't know. I believe mm. that they did. I believe that if they were, if if there was no guilt associated mm -hmm. with their way of being, then yeah. why? Then I would can only deduct that society supported them because there yeah. was no sense of guilt or sense of inferiority. And mm. we can we can actually see this um, in other cultures too, which is what I really wanted to do is do a lot of the comparison because like. In our, in our modern day culture and today, we hear stories like, for example, um, uh, up until recently, right, being trans has been seen as a mental illness and treated as a mental illness, right? Yeah. Yeah. What so what is the difference between that and then what these quotations say, basically looking at these people almost like sick people, but they're just noting what they're seeing. So, mm -hmm. so the proof is that, yes, it did exist and it was there prior to their arrival. So yes. debunk debunking everything about importing, it, this is an unnatural thing imported from the outside and it just keeps on getting just that that myth just keeps on getting busted as I, I dug and kept digging and digging and finding more and more in different cultures outside of Africa. Mm -hmm. um, another example uh, that I found uh, for Africa says the uh, Ancole prior to, prior to colonization, the Ancole people in what is now Uganda elected a woman to dress as a man and, theref and thereby became an oracle to the god Mukasa. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I want to point out is that gender roles, we have to separate because in our society, I feel like we don't separate gender roles from, from sexuality as much. So, so we see that in ancient cultures, a lot of it didn't have to do with sexuality. It actually had to do with the more of um, the gender role of that person in that, in that, in that society, which, which kind of, you know, really is, is, um, it's very different from the way we see things. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, the way that it said there, thereby becoming an oracle to the God Mukasa, here's mm -hmm. another quote, um, Bangola, which is, uh, Bangola, which is modern, uh, democratic Republic of Congo, uh, the Bangola people's animist beliefs were carried by shamans, mm. would dress in women's clothing in order to gain the ability to solve crimes such as murder. This is just a quote, right? But um, I see, I see cross-culturally mm -hmm. uh, a, 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 like a, a parallel between shamans and like other, like a, kind of like otherworldly powers and people who um, who were transgender, what we would see as transgender. So, um, whether it be in like, like, for example, in India, they have hijras, right? The hijras is a caste of, of, uh, of women who are a third gender, but they're trans women and they, yes. they're the male body. They dress as women 
And part of the things that they do is they go around, they they give blessings one. at births. Okay, oh, is this, so, is this them or no? Um, th so that is that is uh, from a book that um, it, it speaks of hijras, but what is here is, what you see here is a chapter on, um, on uh, transgenders and the Sanskrit word. So Sanskrit is an ancient language, right? Thousands of years old. This mm -hmm. language is before Hindi. You know, you have the Hindi that they speak today, but Sanskrit was even before that. And mm. they had words, which you could see, Shandu, it says the Sanskrit word Shandu refers to men who behave like women or who, or whose manhood completely destroyed the word Shandi similarly applies to women. So the reverse, women mm -hmm. who, who show up with male energy, right? Mm. So you have this Sanskrit word, which mm -hmm. is Sanskrit is this ancient language, right? Yeah. That, that is identifying these people, right? So there is language for them in this ancient language. Now you tell me, and this language is, you know, dates prior to the colonization and, you know, pre-colonial era. So you tell me, mm -hmm. like, I, I pretty much think that the myth is just busted right there. Just yeah, looking right? at that. And, and what I learned is that not only, we say third gender, but believe yes. it or not, other cultures also had multiple depending on the tribe or on the culture, there could be as up to six genders in that culture. Mm. Right. And wow. um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, but yeah, it's, it's a straight up myth that transgender, third gender, anything that is outside of the modern Western view that there are just men, women, cis men, cis women, nothing else. Um, you know, obviously that is not true. That is not the way that uh, the world as a whole has seen it throughout human history. And, you know, many cultures have made space for, for, for multiple genders and made space for their fellow humans to show up however they want to. As and, themselves, as yeah. themselves, as Absolutely. their, right? As how yes. they showed up, right? So yeah. Because the world is, you know, it's a complicated place. And, um, you know, a lot of times when we get, when I start talking to um, friends, whoever, not just about history, but about science, you know, I say, you know, reproduction is a inefficient, crude, like the way that humans reproduce, it's very crude and inefficient. There are things that not everything falls into X, Y, and XX. And there's, there's a lot more out there. The world is way more complicated than the simple one that we have been raised to believe in. And um, it's, it's, you know, this, this mm -hmm. world history, this examining other cultures, you know, just further backs that up. Especially when we go to African cultures, because, you know, as an American, especially a black American, that is something that, you know, we are heavily steeped in Christianity. So, you know, we're always, you know, talking about, well, that, that, that's just a white man. And, you know, we got our conspiracy theories and, you know, we didn't do that. They did this to us, and all like it's 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 just uh it's, it's all stupidity. It's all bullshit. It's all ignorance. Um, you know that's why you know if anybody if I know anybody and they they actually identify as a hotel, I'm you're gonna have to earn back your respect because it's 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 gone instantly. Like it's just 
you're taking narratives that don't make any sense just to try and sound smart. It's, it's awful. Yeah, it's it's easy to take something and try to bend like the truth to, to yeah. fit your narrative. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that it's just it's not black and white and the world is not black and white. And we know that the world is more than just this strict binary system. Right. They want us mm-hmm. to look at it. It's just like this or that. And that's it. When yes. there's this gamut of like in between and people falling in between sexuality can be like that, too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, oh, and, yeah. and, and gender can be like that and you can look at them separately, but we have, we're lear- like, these are all things that I've learned, like within like the four years that I've been in my relationship and before I didn't take interest in it because I just, I didn't really know. I had always heard of like the native American, you know, the two spirit, like identity, yeah. which like was vague to me, but like, I was like, okay, so I had an idea that mm-hmm. this could exist outside of like Western dynamic. But um, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of the, uh, I feel like the African-American experience is so steeped in trauma of slavery that you hear about like buck breaking and these things. And so you're saying, well, you know, mm-hmm. so they come up with the, they come up with this conclusion that, well, they're trying to feminize the black man and this is all a product of that and this and like, yeah. You know, like I'm not denying buck breaking. That's fucked up, and that's some shit mm-hmm. that happened. But you know that that doesn't mean that just be, now that anybody who is male bodied and show and and experiencing, you know, um, showing effeminate behaviors and 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 wanting to gravitate more to the gender role of what women do, that doesn't mean that that's linked to buck breaking. No, mm-hmm. you know that that not at all. And so, um, and, and the truth, it, you can see it in, in the history, in the history, because there were, um, you know, there were, there were people who existed like this before colonization. And actually, if anything, colonization helped marginalize these people even more. Now, mm. did they show up, you know, like, I think one of the unique things about our society um, is that we have we we're pretty like Western culture. We have a lot of technology, so actually, um, trans people can go through different procedures to try to what assimilate to our cis standards, cis normative mm-hmm. standards. But imagine imagine a society that doesn't like doesn't reject right the, mm-hmm. this identity, but embraces it. Do you think that the dysphoria is going to go up or down? Yeah, definitely would uh, go down if uh, the standard, I mean, I would just have to assume this, it would go down if the standard wasn't set, you know, for for, for women, to ha- for, for any woman of trans experience to have to fit in Yeah, and fill, fill a certain slot, like you be in this slot, and if you don't fall in this slot, you don't get validated. And, right. you know, a lot of times we even talk about, you know, in different circles, you know, obviously in conversation, we're talking about, hey, um, somebody doesn't have to be attractive or, you know, fit a certain slot for you to have to respect their gender identity, their gender expression to give them basic human respect. They don't have to look a certain way for you to respect that. And we have these conversations because obviously not everybody fits in all the little slots that society has given them. And even with the, the whole, you know, trans thing, at least in America, it's like there's even a slot for that now where it's like, OK, here's your little box. And, you know, the newer, the younger folks are coming up saying, all right, well, I'm 
gender non-conforming, non-binary. I'm gender queer. I'm not. Yep. I'm not. Fun, I'm not going into this. I'm not anymore. going There's, into the box. I'm right. going to be me, and I'm not going to get the breast implants. I'm not going to take the pills. I'm going to do all I'm, whatever. You know, it's but society is still very, you know, officially society is still very, very rubric to male, female. That's it. Because um, I think they're just starting to add an X in there for identifications. And, um, you know, I, I, I what was that? I was filling out a form for a job. And then, you know, I finally saw like transgender and or or um, I think it was just like they didn't even uh, 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 you, you don't even have to say which one you are anymore like you don't even have to identify it was like really interesting very forward thinking but you know these things happen because just the way society's built where it's just like society's still very simple this or this and if you got to fit you got to do whatever you got to do to your body to fit into one of these two but um and, and obviously for men you know we're talking about um uh uh we're, we're talking about like for for guys really you know are you straight are you gay? Are you this? Are you that? Where do you fall into? You have to fall into one of these things. You can't be free flowing and like whoever you like or like whatever kind of person you like. It's like structured, right? Box. That's what right. this. Um, I forget the guy's name. It's Tony. Um, fuck. What's this guy? It's a, a amazing guy. I did a documentary with. Um, but he was talking about this thing called the man box. It's just like. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're gonna divert. We're diverting the conversation away from ancient cultures and all that. No, it's stuff, all good. It's good. Bro, it's we we can jump right into the um, we could jump right into the Native American thing because somebody in the comments brought that up already about the two spirited people, and um, you know, it, it, it's actually funny. Um, not funny, but I, I don't know if you've seen Lovecraft Country, but they included they worked that into the show somehow. This was a Lovecraft Country is a show about you know magic and you know black people in the south it's set in the south in like i don't even know it's probably like the 60s early 60s maybe i i, I don't know i'm sorry I, I really should go and verify when that is but it was jim crow was in was in invoked so they still had the sundown counties and all that stuff but um somehow some way they found their way onto like the ship of an old you know colonial person and um they had a Native American woman on there and she was two-spirited or this Native American person because it's not a woman or man. It's two-spirited individual. And, um, you know, they were just all freaked out because these were, you know, these are people from like the 70, 60s or 70s. Like they never seen, heard of anything like this before. Like, and their dad was like, what the, what are you? Unbeknownst to the viewer, he's actually like really, really into that. He just sadly is from an era where, you know, certain things weren't possible, but <laughs> it was just interesting that they wove that common, like the two-spirited Native American person is like something that's becoming, I think more and more common knowledge as time goes on. That's what I'm. Right, right. And and that term um, definitely has been used even, I've, see, I've seen it applied even like outside of the Native American context, like people either identifying as it or, um, mm. Or um, I've even seen it as like a category of uh, identity, like on OkCupid. Um, for example, if you go into oh. that, they have that as a box that you can identify as. Um, okay. So, you know, I just see that as like probably just, you know, people trying to be progressive and being inclusive. Mm -hmm. But um, that the two spirit culture, I found like 
a golden nugget on the internet. It was a lecture given by a professor, a PhD professor at uh, a Native American individual by the name of Harlan Pruden, H-A-R-L-A-N-P-R-U-D-E-N at the University of British Columbia. You can mm -hmm. find this video on uh, online on YouTube. And um, this individual does a beautiful breakdown of uh, two-spirit culture um, prior to colonization and after. And so the term I learned, two-spirit, number one, it came in the 90s. It came in the 90s. Before that, um, they there was a term called berdash or something that was uh, like given, like coined by Europeans when they saw these individuals. And prior to that, uh, like, um, like 1492 to 1990, there was this term berdash used. But up to contact, so up to colonial contact and before, um, all the nations that actually, because no, not every native nation had two-spirit individuals, but the ones that did had their own words to describe other genders. So what the word for one tribe is, can be different for, you know, for the Sunni is different from the Navajo and, but they still acknowledge these people. And so I got some nuggets because um, the, their, their terms didn't necessarily, again, it didn't deal just with sexuality. It had to do with the gender role of that individual and mm. um, their social role within the, the, the community. And one thing I learned, which was really like, um, kind of like, so as somebody who is trans attracted, right? A man who is trans attracted, quote unquote, you know, mm -hmm. your uh, sexuality is always in question or challenge, right? By people who may not understand. But what I learned is that um, because they didn't have words for LGBTQ, like they didn't really have these words, right? There was no, there was no equivalent to those things. Um, they just kind of, they had, so there, there were taboos. For example, um, the like two male warriors, if they were the same gender, these two male warriors would not be a compatible match. You would not put them together, but this male warrior perhaps with a two spirit, you know, woman, right? Uh, or male bodied individual identifying and living as a woman, they would be what is called a, 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 a good match, right? Not taboo. And that was seen as in within a heterosexual kind of heteronormative lens, not heteronormative in our defini definition, but in their own definition. So mm. um, um, let's see if mm. I can, um, let me see. So you couldn't have two warrior men having sex and hooking up with their, with their own gender. However, a two-spirit male-bodied individual could take on a straight man as their husband. This is speaking of the Cree tribe specifically, because if you're having sex outside your gender, then you'd be considered straight. So as long as you're not having sex within your gender, you're still considered straight, right? Yeah. And so I don't share the same, the same gender identity as my partner, she she she, she uses she, 
her pronouns, you know, and, and shows up different in the world than I do. So we're actually compatible. That's a balanced match. That's mm -hmm. a match that works, right? And that's what they were seeing. Um, similarly with female assigned individuals taking on wives, um, again, outside of their gender, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be it could be a, a, a woman, a, a female bodied individual who identifies as man and even goes to the war parties. Imagine that. Imagine a woman going to the war parties with the men coming back home to her wife. Well, and I think, um, you know, the, the thing that people watching this who, you know, may, you know, who are trying to learn, you know, one, I think one of the things that they, that they might be confused about when, they, when they're hearing you talk about this stuff is, you know, the fact that, you know, they don't, they, they don't know that there is a difference between biological sex and gender expression. So, you know, when he, when, when Emil is talking about, you know, these warriors and these other kinds of people, the tribes understand you are, you come into the world one way, but your gender expression really defines where you fit in into society. And, you know, these are women born, born as a woman, but, you know, her gender expression is not that of your average woman. And it takes on many masculine qualities enough to take a wife. Same with, you know, male body born, you know, uh, assigned male at birth is what we say now. Right. Uh, people, uh, people who are assigned male at birth, you know, ex having a gender expression to the point where they can be married to, you know, uh, uh, more, a more average male who is more masculine while that particular individual or woman has, uh, you know, expresses herself as a woman, you know, has more feminine quality. So it's just, you know, it's some, sometimes people conflate the two things. So then, you know, when yeah. they're hearing you talk, they're like, wait, what? Huh? No, there is a difference. So how you come into this world has nothing to do with your gender expression. And we are talking about gender expression, gender roles, sexuality, all that kind of stuff in cultures outside of the one that we were really brought up in, the one that kind of dominates most of well, all of the Western world. And, um, you know, so I just, I just had to drop that in there, you know, yeah. try to and, completely and, and derail the, the conversation. No, man. it's very important actually to, to, you know, to actually point out that the, the focus is not on sex. It's, it is focused on gender roles and and how that person shows up right so mm -hmm. um and another like taboo would be putting you know two two spirits together if they're both the same gender it won't mm -hmm. work so so that was something very interesting and the lens that that it was viewed as it could be viewed as just a, a like heteronormative is kind of very different as as you know uh, again, in our society, like if you're trans attracted guy, sometimes you could, you're, sometimes you, you know, your sexuality is going to be questioned. Like, well, are you bi? Are you gay? What are you? You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> last time I, I don't feel like it. I just kind of still feel like myself. I just, yeah. So anyways, the, the, um, these things have been stripped from a lot of cultures. So actually, um, a lot of these cultures are relearning their 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 um, identities and and these identities um, because example if because Native Americans also were evangelized kind of the same way that African people were right uh -huh. so now now all of a sudden they're experiencing homophobia within their culture 
Mm. And the best, the one of the best examples for that is Jamaica and Uganda, where you have evangelical people going over there and and just uh, preaching the Bible. And did you know that? Um, um, so Britain, the like the British Empire, yes. a lot of their colonies they had buggery laws in, instilled on the. Uh, they had these laws called buggery laws, which prohibited anal sex, believe it or not. And these laws were kept even after the uh, the, 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 the the colonial countries so quote unquote left right. These laws. Uh, uh -huh. they, were called, they were called sodomy laws. And who was concerned with sodomy? Well, priests, right? Right? So they, <laughs> sodomy, and this, this is sodomy. And this, so they, they actually kept a lot of those laws. And so that's where you see these laws that, that prohibit, you know, um, like uh, same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. um, are, they're just clinging to old colonial laws that don't even that that weren't even from their own culture, right? And so, if you can you can be native. Um, this is for like Jamaica, Uganda, now Native Americans because they're in the U.S. They just yeah. simply they could simply just experience homophobia within their culture. But the great thing about going back to your roots is that if you're in a native space. And, and a traditional space, and you learn about maybe like um, not like um, in say the Navajo, they have their own terms, their own word for two spirit, right? Two spirit is the umbrella term that came in the '90s, but then all the other tribes have their own words, right? So uh -huh. I think I I want to say oh, I don't want to get it wrong. I want to say Natli, but that could be either the Sunni or Navajo, but say you learn, right? You're of that tribe and you learn of that word. Then all, yeah. of, a, all of a sudden, you don't have to choose between your culture and your identity anymore because mm -hmm. you see yourself in that culture, right? How many people have had to choose between their culture and their identity because they don't feel that they're not, they're accepted within their culture, right? Yeah. Especially within the Crazy. black community, right? Absolutely. So, so I feel like the more if we learn more of these things, then we could be more embracing of our sisters who don't fit, you know, our whatever we've been fed. And, you know, I got nothing with like ancient wrong, nothing wrong with ancient Egypt and, you know, ancient Kush and th that, you know, the Hoteps are really into it. And I think that there's a lot of knowledge to gain, but I don't mm -hmm. think it should, I don't think that knowledge should be used as like, a way to prop yourself up as a straight person and say like, oh, well, you know, and like use that as some type of tool against your sister or brother who may be queer, you know, as if, Absolutely. you know, because, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't hold up, you know, it's just kind of more self-righteous, it feels like. Well, in, in, in the spirit of being self-righteous, uh, side notes about all of those evangelical priests or in all those priests evangelizing you know talking about sodomy is wrong a lot of them was doing sodomy too they were doing so, it they were doing it they were exactly. raping little boys and shit so let's let's and be real still, about it and up until recent history have done it i mean i don't know i can't tell you i can't tell you what actually stopped they just stopped getting caught people mm, stopped coming yeah. forward who knows there might be new people coming forward but talk you know, about it's suppression just, 
oh gosh, the Catholic Church is a it's a beast. But um, you know, it's 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 just really one of those things where it's like, you know, these people, they're coming over, they're changing culture, they're they're teaching people to hate their fellow man, they're teaching people to not accept their their fellow humans for who and what they really are. And it's just it's really sad and it's 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 actually kind of disgusting. And I'll even say evil, you know, to to encroach a religion on people that frankly teaches you not to like other people. Like that's I, I it's it's it, really weird. It came with their core beliefs. The missionaries had core beliefs that were based off of these regurgitated scriptures that who knows, you know, that, that weren't even yeah. originally written in English. That. Well, but, but here's the thing, though, man. Those scriptures, if taken literally, actually do teach you to love everybody and treat everybody good. But when you say those core beliefs, it's the beliefs beyond the words on the on the paper that's mm-hmm. fucking up the whole show. Oh yeah, we ha- well we have to establish that from the get go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, okay. Yeah. The the. Um, Roman, the Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican, the Vatican, they were signing off on slavery, okay? They were like, okay, sure, like, this is fine. We'll sign off on it. We'll let you do this. We give you the green, the green light to start exporting these human bodies outside. Mm-hmm. So, so if they signed off on that and they signed off on, you know, th- th- they knew slavery was going on. People were building churches, uh, missions on the west coast here where i am we have missions all up and down the west coast where missions used to house native people and in in servitude Mm. so yeah we can't we we have to make that we have to set that you know set that like on the get just from the the start we'll we'll go to this graphic that you sent me um of what the spaniards did you know yes i mean isn't this society as well so Balboa's um, dogs killing yes. our two spirit people. So this is from the uh, Harlan Pruden presentation. But if you can look, uh, let's see if I don't know if you could see oh, you in the, read fi- it? the okay, fine print at the bottom. Give me a second. I got to um, take this stuff off so you people can actually see it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. So what it depicts is um, colonizers at the top and then sicking their dogs on basically two spirit people. Uh, it says Balbo- Balboa setting his dogs upon uh, Indian practitioners of male love. So 1594 of the Spanish invader Vasco Nunez de de Baboa, um, and then he says he lived from 1475 to 1519, shown in Central America with his troops presiding over the execution of Indian, whom in bold, he ordered eaten alive by the war dogs for having practiced male love, right? So this is same something, uh, these individuals were the same uh, sex, you know, who knows mm-hmm. what their gender roles were and what their identity was, right? But maybe they were queer, right? So they, in, in a, whatever way and capacity they, you know, that's how they were and they were targeted and and um killed for that so can you imagine that happening in any other like in hawaii in other cultures um it happened um i even learned like cast the practice of castration even came um was not common and it was accept it, it was an it became accepted in india um uh by the hijra class 
but um, it was attributed by uh, the practice of Muslim rule because the Muslims practice slavery too. Uh, not the Muslims, but the Arab. There was an Arab slave trade, but most a lot of them were Muslim, and they would have um, they would castrate their servant slaves who were homosexual by nature, and so you know even castration wasn't necessarily like. All I'm saying is that that wasn't you know people could be two spirit without wanting to change things up. They could be accepted as who they were, as they were and how they showed up in the world. Aesthetically, mm -hmm. they could still show up and have, you know, say wore female regalia and your male body, but that doesn't mean you had to do these, you know, these altercations that now a lot of people in our culture ha usually feel like they have to, to complete themselves because mm -hmm. we're very cis normative. We're like, everything that's the standard. So, but mm -hmm. the, like you said, the young, you know, people are coming up with different, you know, labels, non-binary. And so they're, they're busting the boxes anyways, which is yep. inevitable. You know, there's, Absolutely. there's, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting close to the end of the show. Okay. Before we did this, I wanted to, um, uh, show a couple more of the graphics from the, you know, from the uh, uh, world cultures, because you sent me something here that was really dope and it really showed off, you know, how a lot of the other cultures really, you know, see these things or I'm mean, yes. actually not see these things, but, you know, you show you're showing the verbiage. They have the their own language. Yes. They have they have their own language. And remember, language is important, even in our culture, like language is everything, because if you mm -hmm. use the right language, then you you know you could be showing it's the difference between showing respect to someone or disrespecting someone and Absolutely. so um yeah this one so this is from the two spirit uh um video that i mentioned and this was one of the slides and this is just names of basically what would be the equivalent of a two spirit person in cultures outside of North America. So one of the ones that I mentioned is Mahu, which you see in Pacific Islanders. Hawaii had Mahu. Tahiti used similarly Mahu. In Samoa and Tonga, they had something, um, their words were different but similar. So Fafafine in Samoa, and then Fakafafine or Fakalady in Tonga. So I mean, these people, these people had it way before any contact, pre-contact. Um, mm. I don't. Some of them I don't know about. So like Malaysia, the the Maknia, I, I some of them I couldn't find much on. Um, we know Hijra, so we saw Hijra in mm -hmm. um, in Pakistan, and then um, in Tamil, the uh, the Tamil people of um, Sri Lanka. There's uh, Varan. Avar, uh, uh, we'll see it in the next slide. I, it, I oh, probably okay. can't say uh, it right. Let me see it. Let me see it then. Let me see it this side. It's the other side with, the yeah, there you this go. One. Yeah. Yeah. So at the bottom, you see South Asia, Hijra, and then Erevani, mm -hmm. Tamil, uh, Tamil Nadu, which is, uh, Erevani was, I think that's more um, the uh, Sri Lanka. But you see, let's see, which ones can we... Um, Waria, Waria, Indonesia. If you, I, there's a few things on, on them. Uh, Thailand. I mean, a lot of them. Oh, Nadli, Nadli, at the top. That's for the Navajo. That's Native American. 
Um, a lot of them, I don't, I don't know. You have uh, Africa, Ethiopia. You have Ash Team, um, which is uh, from uh, an Ethiopian tribe, and the Ash Team were uh, male-bodied. Into there you go, there you go. Yep. So uh, among the Male of southern Ethiopia, a small minority of men crossed over to feminine roles called Ash Team. These biological males dressed like women and performed female tasks, cared for their own houses, and apparently had sexual relations with men, according to Donald Donham, 1990-1992. So th this is a fairly recent anthropology statement um, in, uh, who wrote in 1975, I was aware of only one Ashtim in Maliland, although informants inserted, asserted that more had existed in the 19th century. Indeed, part of the Malikin's traditional installation had consisted of a ritual ordination of an Ashtim. Um, so these are the little tidbits that you can't really like, you, you just got to take it and kind of like think about it. And, and you know, um, it, it's going to look different in every culture. It's not always going to be the same. There's not one standard. So, mm -hmm. so you know, the gender role might change slightly. Uh, or, or, you know, but um, yeah, and the one that wasn't mentioned in that list that you can actually look up a lot on is in Mexico, there in the Zapotec region, uh, there is the Mushes, M-U-X-E-S, and they are, um, they're traditionally, um, they, they existed uh, prior to colonization. There is a debate there's a suggestion that maybe they started wearing female clothing after. However, these are um, born, people who are born male. Uh, they live the social road and attitude of women. And uh, it's suggested that um, they don't, they generally don't suffer from dysphoria because in these village communities, they are respected. They are seen as good luck. Right. But once you leave the village communities and you go more into the westernized cities or the bigger cities, then mm -hmm. that's where they start experiencing this more dysphoria and more of the, um, you know, the abuse or the, the you know, whatever it may be, the, like the, the hate. Right. Mm -hmm. Just in general. So Mushes. Yeah. And, and there was a Mushe that made it to I think it was L magazine. One of, there's a big magazine that, I don't know if it was Elle or Pose, but it, it features one of them. They're always dressed in very bright, elaborate um, clothing, and uh, they're from the Zapotec region in Mexico, and okay. um, yeah. high, highly respected, and they take on um, the gender role of women. They do things with the family. They often stay with the family and help the family, and um, um, yeah, with, with things around the house or just kind of yeah that's uh that's something you know and yet another yet another proof you know yeah. and even though it says that it suggested that they didn't quite you know things evolve through time things change so maybe they didn't always show up the same way maybe they were still queer effeminate but they, maybe they didn't always wear all the you know the regalia or the women's clothing that they they do today mm -hmm. but you know things change and things evolve they were still they still have their specific role in that society as who they are now. That's why they're mm -hmm. respected today in those village communities. My yeah. man, <laughs> dropping knowledge <laughs> up in here. So this, I, I, I'm glad you came on, bro. Uh, everyone who watched this show, I hope you took a lot away from it. I hope you learned quite a bit from it. 
And, you know, the main thing that we're really driving home here is the fact that the concept of transgender, the concept of the third gender, the concept of people being living outside of the cis normative, you know, society that we've kind of grown up in is, you know, it's, it's ancient. It's been around. It's, it's all across the world. And, you know, it is, it is not new. It is not something imported from Europe. It is a part of African culture. It's a part of Native American culture, Mexican culture, Asian culture. It's, it's a part of world culture. So, you know, people who fit in a different boxes, you know, have places in these societies. The language goes far back. Again, nothing new at all. So I hope you guys really learned, took a lot away from this. And Emil, I thank you so much. Yeah, for man. Spending time with us, bro. And if I can leave, if I can leave anything like the Absolutely. purpose of sharing this information is really Sir. just to like promote more equanimity and love amongst each other and like see the beauty in each other because mm -hmm. you know what? Trans kids were being kicked out of their homes because their parents are religious and they're left to the streets like um like uh recently there was that uh media um the media covered this trans woman in puerto rico who was murdered unfortunately and um she was out in the streets and uh i think it was bad bunny i'm pretty sure it's bad or jay balvin maybe jay balvin one of those reggaeton guys he did a performance on uh on a um uh i don't know if it was jimmy it might have been jimmy fallon but he did a performance in a skirt and he dedicated oh, yeah. a performance to her. And I thought that was super cool. Now you have guys and artists who, you know, are, are showing up and, and, and um, showing love and support for these people who are ostracized, who are abused in society, who are ridiculed, you know, like we, if, if anybody saw the, the documentary um, um, on uh, Netflix with, um, Miss Cox, um, oh, and it's uh, you know the one the the, the, Is that the disclosure disclosure yes okay yeah 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 yes and and you know we we learn about the um, how basically uh, they you know in disclosure basically shows that any time the media represented people who were like um, not of you know, the cis standard of like, you know, they showed mm -hmm. tendencies either to cross-dress or were trans. There's ridicule, there's like defamation of character all throughout those things. Yes. And, and so, dude, we just need to take this knowledge and realize, yo, before these people were mediators, and I forgot to mention in the two-spirit culture, they were mediators because those culture did have strict gender roles between men and women, but and and certain like if i'm going to talk to you about like guy stuff like cars and stuff and we're really into cars we're going to have these technical language right that like mm -hmm. girls might not understand and same thing women might use technical language for things that we might not understand but the two-spirit people were bridged to that so they could go over here and be like oh what are you guys doing all right and then go to the men and be like oh what are you guys doing okay okay and be this like this like bridge this bridge between the two groups they can help mm. mediate and and um so everybody has a purpose everybody here has a purpose Absolutely. we need to embrace them we'll see if we do that we'll see all those things go down 
parents accepting their kids the way they are, you know, the, the, uh, the toxic masculinity that, 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 uh, is, is like misdirected and, you know, that often turns into a hate crime with trans against trans women and stuff. I believe we can see all that go away, but we just need to spread the knowledge, spread the truth and know, you know, know, know the truth, man. man. Be free. People be bro. Like, it's it's in all all aspects of this whole society culture like people just gotta let go you can't force people to live in the box that you want them to live in and you know we're we're a christian society christianity is about loving people and accepting them that's jesus christ you're trying to be christ-like jesus christ accepted everybody he wasn't holier than now he connected with everybody and he was not mainstream he was exactly. not mainstream. He was shaking things up. He was he was challenging core people's core beliefs at that yes. time. So that's what we're doing. We're we're trying to challenge people. Oh yeah, you know the next yeah. time you say, "Hey, that person should be like this," or "That guy should be like this," or "They should like this," or "They should like like," re-examine what you think people other people should be doing, and then also re-examine why you think you should be having an opinion of what other people should be doing in terms of their sexuality and how they live and how they perform like that's a problem which is why you know can't wait to be a parent because you know i'm just gonna be the kind of parent where i, I just love my kid that's it like hey i'm allowed I'm, i want to raise a black child that grows up in a world where they're allowed to be free because we just imprison our children with our bullshit and it's just like that their life is not about me it's about them you know like i, I think yeah. parents and people adults you know, we think about ourselves way too much when it comes to the kids, how they turn out, what, what what we want for them, what they have to be, what's success, what isn't success, all of that junk. Just let these kids, they'll find their way. Just like, just like humankind has for centuries, if not thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, however many years you've been on this planet. You know, yeah, well, it's just these natural. Young, yeah, these young kids are getting it, though. I Absolutely. Got a, I got a 15-year-old daughter, and she's like, yeah we're pretty open. Like, you know, she told me like, yeah, it's not like when you were young, like there, a lot of the, we're pretty open and nobody's Mm -hmm. yeah. They're less judgmental. I mean, you know what, bro? All I can say is we'll see. Cause I, I, I'm going to just be honest. I'm a nineties kid, you know, in in the nineties being black was everything. All the coolest people in the world were black in the nineties. Like, yeah, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Will Smith. That, yeah, Michael Jackson, you had Bo Jackson, Mike Tyson, <laughs> uh, Martin. Uh, it's just all sectors. Like, you know, the Wayne family was on top. Like, oh, yeah. You know, the black people was making white people famous and Jim Carrey. Like, it's just crazy. But, uh, man, I'm just saying, I grew up in a world where it's like, oh, yeah, we're the new generation and we, you know, racism ain't really like that, X, Y, and Z. And then, People grew up, and once it was one of those situations where they grew up, and once they became adults, they they clung to where they were from and what they what they were really about, and it just like it was it, the, my I was I became quite disappointed with quite a few people in my twenties, mm. but it was just like, hey, we were cool, and you didn't have a racist bone in your body, you weren't you weren't talking about those thugs and those bad guys and cops should do this and all. We weren't talking any of that junk, and then now you're an adult, and that's what it's about. Yeah, you gotta watch. It, you gotta be careful what you put into your mind. Media is crazy, powerful, man. man. Oh, media, media is absolutely powerful, bro. And I try thinking a certain way. 
I, I'm, I am leaving the, the space. I've, I've been a member of the media for 14 years. I am done with it. I'm leaving it. I'm moving on to greener pastures in a different industry. But, you know, I, I ain't going to lie. There's, it, it, Facebook is full of people that complain. The media don't tell these stories. The media don't do this, don't do that. I literally put out my Facebook, Facebook hey, everybody. Um, so it's Pride Month. What stories do you want reported for Pride Month? Crickets. Crickets, crickets, and crickets. I'm like, you have a chance right now to dictate what the media portrays during Pride Month, and ain't nobody got no ideas. I I guess I'll come up with something of my own. We'll see. But it's just like, you know, that I, I think we, we live in an age where, you know, we get to craft our own media. Like, this shit right here, bro, this shit's powerful. This shit's going to live on the internet forever. This shit will... <laughs> This is this is the kind of stuff that will educate somebody who finds it seven years from now, seventeen years from now, twenty years from now. If YouTube is still up, I don't know. But you know, it's it's just like you know, we we can be the voice. We can reach people, change hearts and minds. And you don't you don't need the brick and mortar media companies anymore, because you know, with YouTube, you can reach millions more people than your the news stations can. That's frankly. true. Absolutely. They're paying Frankly. they're paying YouTubers to uh to do yeah. uh to do commercials and stuff now because they know there's there. a lot of money in YouTube, trust me, bro. I, I, I run that side for Fox. Fox is getting a lot of fucking money off for their local news stations on uh on on that. In fact, just this past month, my one Fox station station in Houston, uh I well the team that I manage brought in seventy three thousand dollars. For the station in just a month of May, if wow. you were just if you were an individual YouTuber and you were just getting you know a hundred thousand views here, a hundred thousand views there, like you're bringing in tens of thousands of dollars a month. There is big money in this stuff. Not that I am getting any money for it, because I nope. But uh, at least not from YouTube. At least you know we haven't gotten to that point yet. But um, you know what? Um, we're gonna wrap up. But before we go, I got to do a little promotion, little. Pitch forward to some shows and stuff, ideas, things we got coming on. I told okay. you guys about this show. It happened. One of the things that I promised on my Patreon finally happened. We started. We have recorded multiple sessions. We have reviews. Fellas, men, if you are attracted to trans women, if you like going to strip clubs, if you are curious about these T-girl events that they're advertising in like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, Orlando, Tampa, LA, wherever. It's all over the place. Even in Kentucky, they have these like T girl nights at these strip clubs, right? These venues. Um, you know, look, we're we're doing reviews. The guys are talking. So we you know we have we have guys going all over the country checking these places out. And um, you know, it's, it's really fascinating what they come back with. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, you know, get on over to the Patreon because all of that, all of those conversations, the full review of a lot of these venues and events um, will be on Patreon. We give you the good, bad, and the ugly. We do just give a solid recommend whether we go, want to go, want to not go. Um, and actually, most of them are all right. I've only, there's only been one where it's just like, uh, this event kind of sucks. <laughs> you probably don't want to go. Um, and, you know, this, sorry, ladies, I know this isn't content for you specifically. This is for the fellas. But, you know, these events bring in a lot of money. When you go to a strip club and you go to one of these places and you're ready to have a good time, spend some money, the last thing you want is a place that's dirty, unsafe, 
you know, people with attitudes, you know, just, you don't want a bad, nasty environment. So, uh, you know, that's just what it is. That's what the guys want. That's what they're looking for. So it's on the Patreon guys. Also, we have done, I've, I have gotten at least, I've gotten quite a few of them done actually. So we have the, a series called the trans Amherst Chronicles. These are one-on-one interviews with trans Amherst men. They talk about their experience, talk about what led them, where, where their attraction be, began, some of the struggles they've had. If you really want to hear a, a, a deep dive from different guys um, about their experiences, that's also on the Patreon. Um, and, and I will tell you, I will, you know, not full spoilers because you don't know which one this is, but, you know, it, one of them um, includes an, a fascinating uh, tale about, you know, really one of them was talking about how their friend got killed. Um you know, one of the guys, uh, he, he was talking about how, you know, the hood found out that his friend was messing with trans women, his gang found out. And, you know, a week later, this guy turns up dead and he is Damn. like 110 percent sure that that is why he died. And, um, you know, I am definitely paraphrasing the fuck out of this story, but it is something else to just sit and listen to these real life fucking experiences all that stuff's on the Patreon for as little as $5 a month. Um, I know there are different tiers and different tiers offer different things. So it might be like 10 or 15, depending on what you want to see. But, um, you know, go check it out. Patreon.com. Just search Ben Like Us. You'll find it and you'll be helping to support this program and helping me to, you know, pay for this platform and pay for, you know, new equipment and a set that I'm going to build in my new place gonna go green screen it's gonna be dope but you know none of this stuff is free i've been you know giving this is all coming from my own pocket so anything you guys could do to help would be great but i'm also giving you something in return so patreon.com search men like us um and before we go i want to say thank you to everyone who was watching everyone the comments was lit so you know shout out to Dwayne, nicole javon tracy uh, Liberty, Deny, uh, Mexican China, um, Kalen- I'm sorry, Calendria, um, White Mike, what up, boy? Uh, Michaela, the wife of James Speed, who has been on this show and didn't Shout tell me Michaela. her husband was a content creator. He's always been the shy one who didn't want to be on camera. What up, Samaya? What up, Councilman Rick Gordon? Shout out, Leah Stokes. What's going on? Thanks for stopping through, Nicole. Be sweet. What's up, Ao? All sorts of people watching today. So appreciate y'all. Appreciate the love. We're gonna be back every Friday. Um, next Friday might not happen. I have a my uncle's getting married next Friday, and um, you know, me, me, and, me, me and the girl, we are gonna go check that out. So see you, see you next weekend, ATL. <laughs> but with that we out and uh we'll see y'all and i'll probably pre-record something and run it next week but we'll see y'all next week all right all right all right hey now. thanks for having me chris yes sir Peace. yes sir